everyone. The Crime Cafe is back for its third season. Yay! Yay! <laughs> this is your podcasting source of great crime, suspense, and thriller writing. And I'm Debbie Mack. I write crime fiction, and I'm your host. Just so you know, the Crime Cafe nine book set will be available all of July on sale on Amazon and Smashwords for 99 cents. That's nine novels for 99 cents, less than a buck. So I think that's a fantastic deal and you should jump on that. Um, having said that, uh, you can find the links for the Crime Cafe Nine book set on my website, debbiemack.com. That's D-E-B-B-I.com, mac.com. I can't spell my name anymore. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> Today I have with me an awesome crime writer who really digs into research and who is so busy on the internet that I, I'm amazed. So I shall turn it over now to Sue Coletta. Sue Coletta, <laughs> good to have you on, Sue. Thanks for being here. Thanks for inviting me, Debbie. Well, it's, it's wonderful to have you on. And I see you so often on your blog putting up things about crime research and forensics and all this stuff that uh, crime writers want to know about, that it's, um, it's fascinating. Uh, you have two series now. Don't you? I do. Yes. And I have the yes, Mayhem series and the Grafton County series. Right. I was going to talk about the Grafton County series first because I read the first book in that series. And uh, it deals with a, um, a female writer who's married to a, a homicide detective. Yep. And um, tell me about how you decided on making that character a protagonist and going where you did with those stories? Um, well, you know, I never really know where an idea comes from. It just kind of hits me. And if it lingers and pesters me enough, then I, I figure it's a pretty good idea. <laughs> I, um, I wanted Sage to be a crime writer because I thought a lot of people could re relate to her. And I also wanted to her to have a background where she could help her husband, Nico, uh, in the investigation, you know, on the side. Because detectives, uh, cops, really, of all, you know, they, they really do leave their work at the office. But some of them discuss it with their wives and i wanted sage to be i wanted the marriage to have that going for them and then next came what what's the worst possible thing i could imagine happening to her and then um that was her being attacked to by a serial killer and her losing her unborn son and then Three years later, he reemerges. Yes, yes. Now, in the second Sage Quintano uh, mystery or thriller book, I guess, I guess you could call them serial killer thrillers. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, something like that. Uh, 
where do you see where is sage going what, what, what what's her journey what do you picture as her kind of overall story arc for cleaved or marred cleaved oh for cleaved um well they're in a you know a new life where the end of marred you know they they're comfortable things are going really well and they have a new baby and it looks like life has finally given them everything they wanted and then a serial killer disrupts that life in really unimaginable ways hmm. and torments sage he wants her dead but nobody knows why uh, certainly she doesn't know why and um so i guess the overall arc would be you know she she starts out it kind of it's kind of like a backward arc because she starts out really happy and then as the story goes on she gets darker 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 and even at the end life is really uncertain. Hmm. Well, I think that's really interesting because for me, that's more true than a lot of these stories that end with kind of an upbeat, happy, everything is fine ending. And I like stories that end less certainly than that. Yes. Are you I the same too. way? Uh -huh. Yes. I, I'm not a big fan of happily ever after. <laughs> I know it's kind of like when does that happen right <laughs> never <laughs> yeah. and if, even though it's fiction and you want to reach closure sometimes that closure is tough yes. it's not an easy closure I, and um to some extent do those books are they sort of like um also a, an examination of marriage. I was gonna say that since she's working with her husband on these things to an extent, that could reflect relationship issues too. Ab absolutely. I dug deep into their marriage in Mard as well as Cleaved, because as you may or may not know, long-term marriages, you know, couple decades, it's you know it's work mm -hmm. sometimes people get taken for granted and and you always think that person's going to be there and i really wanted to examine what would happen if, if one day that person wasn't there then what would happen in mart i examined more secrets within the relationship, how they can really devastate a marriage, and cleaved uncertainty really rocked their world, as well as, you know, one day, oh my God, I might not wake up to you next to me. So mm -hmm. I had fun with that, really. That's, well, everything you're saying is true, I, I know. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> the other book, the other series, when I saw the description of it, I was 
taken. <laughs> you have a police forensic hacker by day and cat burglar by night protagonist. Yeah, that's Johnny Daniels. Silence of the Lambs meets the girl with the dragon tattoo. Yeah. Uh, a reader. What, right. Where did she come from? <laughs> a reader actually um, put that in a review, and I think she really nailed it. Oh, Shawnee wow. Daniels is very, very snarky. Very snarky. Well, already I like her. <laughs> yeah, I like those characters too. She um, she grew up on the streets. And she, um, she met a, a a mentor. She she years ago she ran away from abusive foster home, and she was only fifteen years old. And this aging cat burglar kind of took her under his wing and protected her, and really became a father figure to her. And that's how she originally got into cat burglary but when he passed her life kind of spiraled out of control and her parents who who died years and years ago they were very close with lieutenant holt from the revere police department and they told him to look after her which he never really did a good job doing until after shawnee's mentor died and she got in trouble for hacking a, a computer center that he actually had a stake in. So he gave her a job working cyber crimes unit. And, and that's how she ended up with both. But now she uses her skills, her cat burglary skills, <laughs> kind of in a Robin Hood type way. For niceness right instead of evil. <laughs> yes, right. As right. Maxwell Smart used to say. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. uh, yes. Um, well, that sounds fascinating. She's a blast to write. I'll bet. Really, I, I wrote, um, I'm waiting for Blessed Mayhem to come out the sequel. And actually just today... I finished a crossover novel into a uh, Susan Stoker's Kindle world using Shawnee. Hmm. And, and that was, that was fun because you have to kind of mix fan fiction with your characters and make them fit in someone else's world. So yeah, fun, wow. but challenging. Yeah. I'll bet. Um, You've also written nonfiction books. Tell us a little about them. I have. I uh, Since I do so much research, it's really the basis behind my blog. I like to share my research to help out other crime writers because I know so many of them hate to research. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoy it. I could get lost for days in my research. So that's how my blog started. And then I took a lot of the posts that were really, really popular and made that into crime writers research, the book. Mm -hmm. And then I have 60 ways to murder your characters. 
And that was just a fun project because I love thinking of ways to kill. <laughs> Inventive, creative ways. That and, you would uh, never actually do. Right. No. For the people <laughs> up the street from me. <laughs> right. But in fiction land, all bets are off, right? So, yeah. so that's how 60 Ways to Murder came to be. I uh I thought it would be just fun. It was supposed to be 101 originally, but after 60, I had done so much research on the 60. I'm like, oh God, I'll just have a volume two. <laughs> oh <my laughs> <gosh>. <laughs> yeah. Good Lord it's Almighty. Right. Some of the ways I wanted to keep for myself. So, <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Goodness. Um, you have an extensive online presence, not only your blog, but you're on something called the Serial Killer Project and Forensic Science. Yes, those are um, actually through Google mm -hmm. and a cold case expert and retired Lieutenant Joe Giacalone. He started those. He uh teaches now at the university um criminal investigations and 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 whatnot and he started the serial project as for his classmates really but then it kind of morphed into other things and he asked me since i write extensively about serial killers if I wanted to uh, be the communications manager. And then that, then he started seeing all the forensics I was interested in, and, you know, he asked me to uh, be the communications manager for that <laughs> too. So, <laughs> yeah. There you go. There you go. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to research these things anyway, so I might as well share them, share what I find. That's right. That's great. I think that's fantastic. You also have a blog talk radio show called Partners in Crime. Yeah, I do. Yes. That is what my co-host is retired uh, homicide detective, co-case expert, Kim McGatt. And um, she's had an impressive career. And, and we originally started it... Um, as a way we were to feature like half true crime for it's two hours, mm -hmm. half true crime and half crime fiction. And we usually invite police officers turned authors mm -hmm. and we analyze cases, not necessarily just to see where they went wrong. Most of them are cold cases, but just, uh, you know, just to dig deep into them. The la now, right now, we're we're um, kind of veering off course and inviting other crime authors on. Hmm. As a summer fun, you know. Yeah, I was going to say, have you ever thought of inviting uh, lawyers to work on criminal cases? Oh yes, we actually have. Um, there is one that. Uh, sometimes joins us for a crime chat on Twitter. Uh-huh. Um, and, and she writes, too. 
So which one is this? Her name is Anne Marie Ackerman. Anne Marie Ackerman. Yeah. I'll have yeah. to remember that name because I had Allison Leota on Crime Cafe last oh. season. And oh. uh, she was great to talk to. And also was she a prosecutor sex, or a sex crimes prosecutor. Oh, okay. Same as Anne. Uh, yeah, we, we really should do that. Uh, it might be tough with her because she's in Germany. I'm uh, not sure what the time. That That's the one thing we have run across problem-wise is the time, time zone. Zones. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that can be tricky. So uh, the Twitter chat. That's yes. another thing you do. That I founded. And I founded that it's hashtag a crime chat. And I founded that as a way because over the years, I've been really, really lucky to befriend so many cops, just a ton. I seem to collect them like baseball cards, <laughs> <laughs> but there's a lot of crime writers who don't have them. So I, I rounded up seven of my favorites and every other week writers can um, tweet me any question they have and I number them and tweet them to my team and they give them the answer and it's like having your own crime consult. That's fantastic. Uh, yeah. where, how did you manage to develop all of these contacts? Um, you know through my blog Really, uh -huh. a lot of them, they either read something on my blog and, and shot me a message, or Gary, one of my very dear friends, Gary Rogers, I used to, I read his blog, I still do, Dying Words. And that's how we met. But all the other ones I got through my blog. Interesting, very yeah. interesting. Um, you must be a, a time management queen with all these things going on. How do you balance out life, research, writing, and all this uh, time that you spend in actually doing all this stuff? It, it's not easy. <laughs> it's not. I, um, I have a fierce work ethic. I mean, I can work 17, 18 hours a day and not even think twice about it. Wow. Yeah, and I did that for three years straight with no time off. And I reached a level where I was happy. So I've kind of plateaued these last, this last year or two just to, you know, be able to take a breath here and there. But um, yeah, it, it all has to be. I wake up really early and I do a lot of my, my writing then. And then I have to just make sure that when I, you know, a crime chat's only an hour every other Wednesday. Um, the Partners of Crime's two hours a month, so that's not bad. And everything else I just have, have to juggle, like I'm sure you do. I mean, yeah. Absolutely. We always have to have a, like a ton of balls in the air at one time. That's so true. That's absolutely so true. Um, 
Well, I'm going to have to bring things to a close, but before we go, is there anything else you'd like to add that I haven't asked you about? Oh, I don't think so. Um, maybe just give my uh, website address. There you go. Which is www. Sue Coletta, S-U-E-C-O-L-E-T-T-A dot com. And you can find me at all my haunts right through my website. All right. Well, Sue, thank you so much for being here. Thanks and for it was wonderful me. talking to you. You too, Debbie. Thanks. And uh, so uh, till next time, I just want to remind everybody that you can get the Crime Cafe nine book set for, for sale. 99 cents on Amazon and Smashwords this month, July only. And uh, until next time, happy reading.